0: This morning, we are going to venture on a a couple of months of study in a certain area, and it's on knowing God. Knowing God. And uh, pray that it will be a blessing as we get to know how to know God. (laughs) And I should have asked this question before I stated that. What do you think is the most important thing? for any individual to do. According to Ecclesiastics 12.13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So what do you think is the most important thing in life to do? To know God. That's really the most important thing. Of all the things you do, all the decisions you make, you need and I need to get to know God. And there's varied and different ways that we can get to know God. And we'll be looking at, first of all, or just to start with today, one point, I think, of knowing God through salvation. That's the start, isn't it? Knowing God through salvation. And we look at one of those points today under that. Secondly, We'll be looking at knowing God through suffering. We get to know God in our suffering. Um, immediately you think of suffering, you think of Job. <laughs> Job should come to mind. He got to know God big time <laughs> later in, in later chapters when God came and spoke to him. Where were you when? <laughs> and, and and Job really, wow, I didn't know all I didn't know much. <laughs> You know, even atheists and agnostics say they don't know much. Intelligent people have said they know miles less than one percent of the, all that could be known. I mean, it, we we need to be humbled and say, yes, Lord, what do I know? But oh, to know God is the most important thing. Through suffering, through salvation, and thirdly, we'll be looking at knowing God through sanctification. And the means of that is metamorphism and uh, knowing God through the scriptures. That's another way to get to know God, isn't it? And to personalize them, the scriptures. Knowing God through serving God. And you have got hundreds of examples through the Bible of men and women that got to know God through serving him. And the power that he gave them to serve him. Knowing God, uh, fifthly or sixthly, through creation. I was talking to Kay's father yesterday about this very thing down there. And um, knowing God through creation, everything speaks loudly about God, big or small, little. Just reading little motors we've got in there that keep ourselves going and keep us alive. Trillions of them in every body and millions of them can fit on a, a pinhead. But the little motor spinning in our body, keeping the cells going. Incredible. Knowing God, well, we'll leave that for that time. Knowing God through creation. Then knowing God um, seventhly through seeing Him. That's another day coming. Face to face. What a revelation that's going to be. It's either at the point of death. Was the point of being taken up into his presence, caught up to meet him in the air. So we look forward to looking at these things, and this morning we start with the first one knowing God through salvation. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can know you. Lord, the danger is in a church like this, we can know about you, but not know you. It's intellectual an intellectual assent to facts. The devil knows God, knows about God, but he has not submitted himself to God and knowing him personally, his personal presence in guiding and directing his being. I pray, Lord, that we would get out of that danger zone if we were in it and believe by faith, repent of our sin of rejecting you. Turn to you by faith. Bless the word as it goes forth in power today for the glory of our great and wonderful, loving and merciful God. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a wonderful salvation we have. Some years ago, there was a man in jail. He'd been put there because he had sinned he got a hold of some correspondence courses and he had studied them and come to understand that he was a sinner and needed to get saved. And one of the questions in the correspondence course was <clears throat> what is this new relationship you have? He said, I am a new man in an old body. I'm a new man in an old body. And that's what happens at Salvation. Salvation a wise remark as he answered that question. <clears throat> but one day, and he probably didn't realise, well, he probably might have realised it, and we all should, that we're all going to be a new man in a new body, <laughs> and not a new man in an old body. And when you get older, you groan and travail in pain. <laughs> and the Ecclesiastics tells us that. We've looked at it recently. A wonderful salvation we have. It's, it's all better from here. <laughs> It's all better. It's n- <clears throat> when you think of eternity, isn't it all better? <laughs> All's well <laughs> in eternity. Well, <clears throat> let's go to that first point. Now, I, th- I think all the points were put in, in the bulletin, weren't they, Elise? <laughs> They're all there, but that'll be some weeks down the track as we get to them. But let's think of the first point there. Repentance. Repentance is a change of mind a change of direction let's turn to a few passages and keep your fingers warm on this as we look through it because i want you to see it from the bible not from what i say let's hear it from the word in matthew chapter 3 and verse 8 find it written <clears throat> this is John the Baptist saying this bring forth therefore fruits meat for repentance show me don't tell me about the Christian life <laughs> show me the fruit of your repentance I want to see that you've changed that there's been a change in your life there's a change of direction there's a change of mind I pray that we all have that. A change of mind about what? A change of direction about going where? Well, a change of mind? Being sorry for your sin? No. People can do that without wanting to accept the forgiveness of a saviour. But repentance is changing your mind about a particular sin. And that sin is a sin of rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour. You find it in Second Thessalonians chapter 1. We won't turn there, but it tells us there that in flaming fire, the Lord will come visiting judgment upon those that don't obey the Gospel. Clearly states that there. And in other portions of Scripture. And if we repent about rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as our saviour. This is the kind of repentance that saves. You know, Paul spoke about repentance many times. Peter spoke about it. The Lord spoke about it. It is in the scriptures. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ is what it says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 21. And we'll look at that a little later. Acts 17 30 and we'll look at this a little later I'll just read it to you and the times of the ignorance and um, Bernie read it this morning in the, in the reading the times of this ignorance God winked at but now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Turn to 2 Corinthians there is a you, you can't call it repentance they call it a, a fake repentance if you like that we need to recognise is not the true thing. There are a lot of criminals that are sorry people in jail, aren't there? But what are they sorry about? Getting caught. (laughs) That's why they're sorry. And they will get lawyers and try to defend their case and say, I didn't do anything wrong, when they know clear as day that they're guilty in their heart and mind. And their guilt will eat them up. Now huh. oh, they're sorry, yeah, but not sorry to repentance. In Second Corinthians, we're heading chapter seven, verses eight to eleven. We read this: for though Paul said I, to the Corinthians, "I made you sorry with a letter," I do not repent, though I did repent. It's not him doing the repentance here. It's just that's how it's introduced here. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were for a season. For I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. Okay, For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow, you see there's a worldly sorrow, there's a, a regretfulness for getting caught, but there's a godly sorrow that worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world worketh death it hardens the heart for this is this, for behold this selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort what carefulness it wrought in you what, yea what clearing of yourselves yea what indignation yea what fear yea what vehement desire yea what zeal Yea, <clears throat> ye, what revenge in all things ye have proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. They truly repented with a godly sorrow. This is talking about Christians, I know, and their attitude toward other Christians. They truly repented. <clears throat> but there is the feigned and fake repentance. There is the true repentance. There is worldly repentance and there is godly sorrow that worketh to salvation, as it says, in these verses. Let's go to a passage we know well, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. You know our eternity is at stake here. This is this repentance is truly needed. Where do you think we're going to? Well, oh, it's talking about lost things, isn't it? Lost sheep, lost coin, and lost son. And in verse 11 of chapter 15... And a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth me. And he divided unto them his living. This is the prodigal son. And so we see his rashness and rebellion in verse 12. And then we see him reveling in verse 13. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. And then he's reaping what he sowed after his riotous living, in verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. He's in trouble now. He's got nothing, and there's a famine in the land there. And verse 15 and 16, we see his remorse. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, a pig farmer, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. He gave all his money away to his friends, and he had friends while he had money. Then he had no friends, he had no money and nothing to give, so they left him. And he had to eat with the pigs. (coughs) We read on in verse 17, he's reflecting here and remembering and realizing some things. And when he had came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? And then he repented. <laughs> Verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Folks, that's where we need to get in our lives. We have to get to a point where we realize we have sinned against God, we've sinned against heaven, and we need to repent and re- of repentance We need to repent of rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as our only way of of being saved and going to heaven. We we can try and work our way there. It will never work. We can try this and try that. Nothing will work but repenting and saying, Lord, help thou my unbelief. (laughs) I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Remember when David had sinned with Bathsheba? He repented to God. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. That's where the issue lied. And then in verse um, 18 and 19, there's a resolution. And then he returned. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. I'm willing to come back. I'm I'm humbled. Lord, just, Father, receive me. He arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He didn't come with a proud and haughty look like he walked out with the, with the father's money some whatever year ago. He came humbled and he, he came accepted, didn't he? He was received, in verse 20, to the family as he returned to his father. And, and God will receive a repentance in him. The, he, will have, he will have open arms. I mean, God's like that. He, in fact, he's looking down the pathway and he must be doing a lot of looking you know, we think in time don't we but there's three and a half people going out into eternity through death every second and he's looking, he's looking for people to repent before they come through the pathway of death accompanied by the death angel he's looking for them to repent before that and so he's looking for you and when he sees one you say oh he's got so many he can't be bothered with me there's too many no you see God is God and he can see everyone and every, every individual need of every individual he knows when you're coming he's looking down the pathway then he's willing to run and to greet you with open arms And that verse in Matthew you know come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you ready. open arms as he's looking like this as well for us to come and is received by the Father. We all can be received if we repent. There needs to be repentance of the prodigal before he can be welcomed home. There's the reward as we read on in those verses in 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned. <laughs> I have sinned against heaven and thy sight and am no more worthy to to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. We're clothed with a robe of righteousness that the Lord gives us, not we make ourselves. And it's a, a garment of salvation, isn't it? Isaiah speaks of it. And bring forth the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. He's restored. He's rewarded and restored, and he's rejoiced. There's rejoicing, and this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and he is found, and they began to make merry. There is rejoicing in heaven over a person that comes home to the Lord with a true heart of repentance. <laughs> true heart of repentance. Unless you repent, you shall likewise perish now there is a doctrine this doctrine has gone all which way today around today and there's people that don't come to the service that used to come here because I preach repentance it's sad is repentance taught in the scripture (laughs) is faith taught in scripture Believe. Okay, let's go through some scriptures and see where you stand on this issue. It's an important thing. This is all we're going to cover today. That first point. Is it repentance or is it faith and believing that gets us to heaven? The question. Let's look at some of these scriptures. Acts chapter 17. Go back to where we were reading this morning. <clears throat> In the, the book of Acts. chapter 17 and uh, he's talking to those on Mars Hill he's talking to unsaved Gentile people and he's bringing the gospel through creation actually to the unknown God the creator that you might feel after him though he's not far from every one of you verse 27 for in him we live and move and have our being he can speak us out of existence if he wanted to as certain also of your own poets have said, we are also his offspring, uh, the offspring of God, made in his image. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought to not to think the Godhead is like gold, silver and stone, graven by, the, uh, by art and man's devices. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now what does he command? He commands all men everywhere to repent. Is it say anything about believing there? No, it said repent. Clearly, New Testament to Gentiles, because he's going to judge the day, the world one day. Paul, before Agrippa, we won't turn to this. Acts twenty six verse twenty, said, "Repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance." Second Timothy, Paul said in chapter two, verse twenty four and twenty six, and he's speaking to Gentiles there, non Jews that God would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And it doesn't say anything about believing or about faith there. But it's logical that there will be believing in faith if you repent, because you wouldn't be repenting to someone you didn't believe in, <laughs> would you? They, well, we'll, get, we'll read the, these ones first. Romans 2, let's go through this one. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. I prepared a study for this some years ago. It got all written down and all referenced and everything. And, and I could not find it. I spent two hours on that. It's two hours wasted. Let's do it again. And so got ready for today a fresh one. Chapter 2 of Romans. You can do it yourself. Get a concordance. Study it for yourself. And verse 4. Paul said, O despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance, And long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. didn't say faith. It didn't say believe. It says repentance. Like the prodigal turning about and going the other way, going back home. You know, we're we're enemies of God. We were created his friends. He could fellowship with us in the garden. Then we turned our back on him and went the other way. Now he wants us to turn back and go back to him. Repentance. (laughs) And God commands all men everywhere to repent. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. In Hebrews 6.6, 6, to renew them again to repentance, seeing they've fallen away from that point, in the writer of Hebrews said. In Acts chapter 3, back in the book of Acts again, in verse 19, this is Peter's second sermon, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. <coughs> he spoke of repentance. Where he said, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> so he said, repent. He didn't say anything about believing. He didn't say anything about faith, but he said, repent. <clears throat> Esau in Hebrews twelve seventeen, found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears that's an interesting thing about him he'd, he'd shut the gate he had the opportunity and he said no too many times he said no and there might come a time in a person's life where they say no to God I'm not going to repent I'm just going to go my way I'm going to do my thing as Esau did and he, though he sought it with repentance he, he had worldly sorrow didn't he sorrow that he'd been caught out and gone to as it were a spiritual jail Couldn't get out of it. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. I'll turn to this one. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine, and this talks of repentance as well. Where the where it said there, Peter said, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish." that all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. Now, were these people that we're talking about, except for the ones like Esau, were they God's people once they came to repentance? Yeah. They were believers. They were Christians. They 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 got saved when they repented. And in Luke 15, and this is only a few of the many references, verse 7 and 10, There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels about the coin, the lost coin, and the lost. They'll help me out. I said them earlier. Sheep. Sheep, Thank you. The lost sheep and the lost coin. There, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of heaven over one sin of that. What, what do they do? Repent. What do they become? God's children. So they definitely become God's children through repentance. Now, that's about repentance. Let's go to the faith and believing side of it because this is the ones we use probably more often than, than the others. I'm going to go up to people and say, you repent, buddy, or you're not going to heaven. <laughs> Andrew might. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> repent of rejecting the Messiah. Accept <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that little wag Israel. <laughs> He's going into synagogues, dashing in there, and I don't know what he does inside. And he dashes out with a smile on his face. Little guy, you're yeah, bold as lions. <laughs> anyway, pray for their safety. Andrew's uh, Andrew's bold. Well, what about the, what are children going to do? <laughs> now all these references, and you know them well. Acts chapter sixteen and verse thirty. These are. This is familiar territory, most of these verses. You see, there's been a big movement afoot for quite a few years now that some believe in faith and believing, some believe in repenting. Where do we stand on this issue? It's sad that it hasn't come to that because I think it's easily solved. In Acts chapter 16, this is uh, Paul and Silas in jail. They've been thrown in there for preaching and they're singing at midnight and there's a earthquake and the jailer's just about to kill himself he thought all the prisoners had escaped and they didn't and do thyself no harm in verse 28 said Paul we're all here we haven't run away and in verse 30 he brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved <laughs> and what was the answer they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved There's it anything about repentance there No. What did it say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's an answer that comes to us when we're witnessing and testifying to people. Um, In chapter 13 of the book of Acts, just back a little bit, and verse 38 and 39, we read there these words. And it be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this... Man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which they could not be justified by the law of Moses. How did these people become Christians? By believing, they were justified from all things. Uh, So they believe and are justified. And the favourite verse of most of us when talking to an unsaved person is For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever repents oh no, <laughs> believe you see, just making you think of it believes on the Lord thou shalt be saved they shall be saved that's Acts, I mean, John 3.16 and the verses around it Romans chapter 10 and these we use to talk to an unsafe person when they're thinking about becoming a Christian or to prompt them to think about becoming a Christian Uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if thou and we say put your name there shalt confess with thy put your name there thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be did you find repentance there did you find believe? Yes, you did. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. John 17, 20 and 21 says believe. This is not in your notes at all. But the, <clears throat> believe on, the Lord, on me, the Lord said. In Acts 13, 39, all that believe are justified from all things. Acts 15, 7. The Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Believe. 1 Corinthians one twenty-one. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that what? Believe. Them that believe. We're, so we've looked at, we're told to repent to be saved. We looked at, we're told to believe by faith and be saved. We've looked at the Christians that need to repent of their sin and uh Walk in true repentance. We looked at that earlier. We could go to Revelation, and each of the churches except one, they're told to repent. Let's go to a couple that I think ties it together Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. And we can't ignore all of the scripture on the matter because that helps us to understand that we need to repent and believe by faith not isolate them. And a an isolated scripture becomes a pretext to build a, bo- a false doctrine on. Mark, what I said, Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. Let's read there. It says, well, verse 14. And John the baptizer is saying now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, Now, Jesus said, The time, of, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. What did he say? Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Tie them together. It happens. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of things happen when you do that, when we do that, when we believe uh, that we don't know about. Did you you know that the Holy Spirit came in when you got saved? Unless you've been taught before something, you didn't know that. A lot of things. And these things are tied together. Let's not separate them. And I think that's where the big problem comes today. We separate what the Lord really assumes we should understand, that these things go together. The prodigal had to turn and make up his mind. And that moment he did that, he he believed and and had faith. And the the lost man was saved. The lost coin was saved. The lost sheep was saved. Um, When they were found in Acts 11 and verse 17. Maybe we should have left our marker in Acts. We're mostly there. Acts 11 verse 17. We read this. For as much then just wait there this is Peter justifying his ministry to the Gentiles and the Jews were saying, What are you doing down with them that guy called Cornelius? What were you doing there, Peter? For as much then as God has given like the like gift as he did to us, so for as much then as God has gave them the Gentiles the like gift as he given to us, the Jews, the Holy Spirit came upon both of them, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What had they they done? They had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What was I that I could withstand God? God did this. They believed. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted what? Repentance. Repentance. There they are in those verses there about the same people, these Gentile people. They believed and they repented. (laughs) They repented and they believed, whichever way you want to put it around. (laughs) They believed and repented. But I think the icing on the cake is one in Acts chapter 20 and verse 19 through to 21. Acts 20, 19 to 21. Where we read this. Serving the Lord with humility of mind, with many tears and temptations which befell me by the laying in wait of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God, and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ believing and repentance in the same verse and they go together let's not say it's one or the other let's say it's both it's both you, why would you repent if you don't believe and why would you believe you didn't repent it goes together and I don't know why theologians get, them all, get all bogged down and get in a knot about these things it's in the scripture and it's tied together. Where it says repent, we automatically think they believed. And if it says believe, we they're going to repent. <laughs> you're going to repent. Have you repented since you heard the message of the Lord Jesus? Did you believe by faith that time? So think back. And I pray that you are saved. If you're here today and you have not believed by faith and repented of your sin and... Turned the other way and had a change of mind about the whole thing, about your life and your importance or lack of importance. Turn today to the Lord. Don't leave in another day. Say like the prodigal, are they not so well fed back at dad's house? I'm going home to the father. I'm coming back to God. I'm a rebel and I need to repent and go back And become one of his children again. Even though I wasted his substance with righteousness, Even though I spent my life the way I wanted. I'm going back to him. Because I know he's got open arms. And I truly believe. If I repent he will receive me. And he does. He does. He will not reject any person. That comes back to him. In repentance and faith. Let's close with prayer. Thank you Lord for your word. Thank you for the patience of the saints as we have listened to the word today. May we go our way and and have a party rejoicing in the salvation we have. And they did have that party there with the prodigal son. What a wonderful day it was when the son came home. And how it gladdens the heart of the Father in heaven and all the people that are there and the angels rejoicing in their presence when a sinner comes home. And Lord, if there's one today, may they come home to you. If they're not saved, they're trusting in themselves. They're trusting in their own thoughts, not in God who commands them. All men everywhere to repent now and believe as they come. May they come today. Lord, bless us with salvation in the house today for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.